The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Stately, plump Buck Mulligan came from the stairhead, bearing a bowl of lather on which a mirror and a razor lay crossed. A yellow dressing gown, ungirdled, was sustained gently behind him by the mild morning air. He held the bowl aloft and intoned, Intro ye born altare dei. Halted, he peered down the dark winding stairs and called up coarsely, Come up, Kinch! Come up, you fearful Jesuit! Solemnly he came forward and mounted the round gunrest. He faced about and blessed gravely thrice the tower, the surrounding country and the awaking mountains. Yeah, opening lines uh, from Ulysses by James Joyce, which, of course, tells us all about a day in the life, maybe a, a life in the day, rather, of one Leopold Bloom. And that day is today, the 16th of June, Bloomsday, as it has uh, become known. And Richard Boy Barrett is with me, People Before Prophet TD. And Joycean, how does one become a Joycean officially? Is that a, a kind oh, of a no, title no. bestowed on you? Is uh, it? No, no, no. Listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> use labels like I like James Joyce. I, lo- I love his writing. But, uh, and why do you love Ulysses in particular? That's a well-thumbed copy now that you have with you. Because it's an, it's an, really it is an epic of the ordinary people of of Dublin and of the world. Um, and uh, he's kind of like from a literary point of view, he's kicking over the statues, uh, and he's doing so. I think in a, in a very deliberate way to kind of give voice to people who are excluded, workers, women, minorities. Uh, he's challenging all conventions and uh, he's doing so in a very progressive way. And um, I think it's tied up with the kind of Irish revolutionary moment. Uh, In fact, I went to a brilliant book launch of a friend of mine, Luke Gibbons, who's just written a book about James Joyce and the 1916 Rising. Mm. And uh, he's just saying how closely intertwined it is with the whole spirit that drove the revolutionary movement in this country and the, the fantastic aspirations that the people who made that revolution had for the country. And the spirit of what? Of, of, of change and of upending the status quo, is it? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, like, I mean, it's difficult to know where to begin, but if even the fact that he, he, he picks Leopold Bloom as a central character uh, and it's set in 1904, that was a year that there were pogroms against Jewish people in Limerick. And one of the messages I think he's sending is, if we're fighting for the liberation of Irish people who've been oppressed by the British Empire, we also need to identify with other minority groups who face racism and oppression. Uh, And in fact, he kind of castigates throughout the book some leading Irish nationalists as well as some British and and unionist people who are articulating anti-Semitic views. And the other thing he does throughout his writing is kind of stand up for women. And really ask, is is the Irish Revolution going to liberate women genuinely from the shackles of kind of conservative Catholic thinking? Uh, but he also just puts ordinary people centre stage. Uh, you know, the sort of characters that don't feature in conventional literature, or at least up until that time. So is the spirit of, of, of Joyce and of Ulysses then, is it, is it better captured by the proclamation then than by the early days of the state? Oh, yeah. I mean, in fact, I think Joyce went away because it was, it was written between 1914 and 1918 in the revolutionary period and during, uh, and during the war. And I think he's kind of forewarning that uh, the revolution could be stillborn. Do you know what I mean? It mightn't be mm. what the people wanted to be unless we ditch certain very conservative ideas. 
uh, you know, he, he uh, and unless it genuinely liberates women and liberates the poor and working people and is a, a, a genuinely a, a revolution for everybody. And I, he, he's concerned, I think Joyce is deeply concerned that it, conservative forces are dominating the Irish revolutionary movement and therefore what, what might come in a post-revolutionary state, and I think he was right, mm. would actually be quite a conservative regime. Um, there's, there's, there's probably an international application then to that as well. Is there in the sense that, I guess, well, in this country, because of everything that happened during that period, we maybe think of the change only in an Irish context. But the war was was an inflection point for for the Western world, really, as it were, wasn't it? It was it was the end of that kind of old uh, uh, Edwardian and Victorian world, absolutely, yeah. and the birth of of what you might call the modern world, the modern world, and it is the ultimate modern novel, right? And he, that's what he's doing. He's he's destroying all the literary conventions as part of challenging that Edwardian past and uh, that like very sort of class divided hierarchical. Uh, past and you know like saying we need a different modern future which is a future for everybody for all classes and all sections of society so it is absolutely an internationalist book but it's and like it is about Dublin and it's about Ireland about which he was passionate about but it's also very much in that context of a huge revolutionary wave that swept the world and particularly Europe against the horrors of the first world war and all that the first world war had done to people across Europe when did you start reading Ulysses uh, when I was in college and you uh, finished it a, yet I've, 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 read it a, I've read it a few times <laughs> see that's the other problem yeah. isn't it people have a lot of people out there who've started it yeah, but they, they shouldn't. You can dip in and out of it. I mean, I always say, like, try and imagine it a bit like it's like the literary equivalent of a Picasso painting. Uh, you know, it's not like you're supposed to immediately understand it. It's by looking at it, you kind of see more and more things. And every time you look at it, you see things from slightly different angles. Uh, so you can dip in and out of Ulysses and there's like little jewels all over it. Every single page and every chapter is done in a different style and is looking mm. at things from a different uh, perspective. So it, it, there's no, nothing wrong whatsoever of dipping in and out of Ulysses, although yeah. it is worth persevering and reading the whole thing. That's a good way to describe it. Every time you look at Guernica, you see something different. It's yeah. not just the, the bull in the middle maybe is the yeah. first thing you see yeah. and it's not the only thing you see uh, over time. Is there an argument? Because I know um, your party have... have uh, kind of long campaign for the uh, 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 for the idea that we would have more public holidays in this country that we need more to bring us up to uh, closer to a European average could this be one of those days I think it's a good idea I mean uh, first of all like on setting Joyce aside we do have less holidays not just public holidays but statutory holidays than most countries in Europe uh, I mean the figures are quite stark we now have 10 and that was only because the government were pushed after COVID to give us an extra one, but we had nine, one of the lowest in Europe. You compare that to, say, Austria, 13 bank holidays, Sweden, 13, Greece, 12, France, 11. But also on ordinary holiday, you know, statutory holidays, England have 28. We only have 20. Uh, Austria has 25. France have 30. Uh, Norway, 25. Denmark, 25. Portugal, 22. So we're lagging behind in public holidays of most countries in Europe, public and statutory holidays. So Irish people are working very hard and in my opinion, a few more holidays they'd be more than entitled to. And whether it's Bloomsday or it's a day in uh, July, which people often cite as a month without it, uh, or some other date in the year, what would you say to businesses or business owners who say, oh, hold on, that's an extra cost on us now? Well, look, 
to be honest, first of all, there's a lot of studies that say that if you if people kind of are not worked to the bone and they get a, a bit of a break, it, they're actually more productive. Do you know what I mean? They, they work better. Uh, so I don't really buy that. And in fact, there's also pros and cons in terms of people spend more money on certain things, at least uh, when it's holiday time. So I don't really buy the economic arguments. And when you look at the countries that I mentioned, there's, there's absolutely no indication that countries who give more holidays are doing worse economically. In fact, in many cases, they're doing better economically. And one word on Joyce and literature is just think how much... Uh, tourism we get into this country, how much interest there is internationally in this country because of our literary tradition, precisely because of people like Joyce, Yeats, Shaw, O'Casey, you know, uh, Samuel Beckett, Oscar Wilde, all these people. That's a huge part of Ireland's international reputation, Mm. which is actually bringing money to this country. And, it's you know, I see nothing wrong with it being uh, the occasion for a public holiday and a break for people. Uh, John Barry is with us, Managing Director of MSS, the HR people. He's a member of the ISMI National Council as well, representing small and medium enterprises. Uh, John, how would your members react to a suggestion for another bank holiday? Bloomsday. Evening, Evening, Karen Richard. In fact, it was an education listening to the two of you talking about, Joyce. Um... The, look, I, I think that the, the reality is is we've already taken on an additional public holiday this year now, which is St. Bridget's Day. Um, and, uh, you know, we are also facing, as small businesses, we are facing lots of increasing costs, whether it be sick pay, whether it be the pension schemes coming in, whether it be the, the leaves which have been sought to introduce. So over the last two or three years, small businesses have experienced huge increase in labour costs. And they are genuinely concerned. And of course, we also now have the drive to turn the minimum wage into uh, what the government referred to as a living wage. Uh, and that's resulting in substantial increases as well. And as I, we've experienced, it's fine to maybe work focus on the low paid people, but people who were paid above them are in turn looking to say, well, they've got so much of an increase. We want that much of an increase as well because we've always been that much ahead of them. So it's never as simple as give us a couple of extra days, holidays. Um, you know, so <clears throat> and I think we have to split the sensibility of introducing another public holiday and the emotions of why we should have a, a holiday to recognise Bloomsday. I mean, there is a very simple solution to that to the recognition of Bloomsday, and that is to shift the June Bank holiday, which is the beginning of June, to the sixteenth of June, and rename it uh, Bloomsday holiday. That would give the recognition that uh, that Richard is talking about, um, and you know, deservedly so. I have no issue with that, but. To keep piling costs onto employers and small businesses represent at least 80% of mm. the employer, employer, employers in this country in terms of people. Uh, and they are feeling the pinch very significantly at the moment. And of course, the other thing you've got to remember is, is that if you have a, another public holiday, then, you know, the, the hospitality industry and all those associated will then have to be paying premium costs for those days. So that's an, that's an additional 20% in that week for that particular day to facilitate the public holiday if they're going to be okay. entertaining. Richard, a lot of additional costs there for small and medium enterprises. Well, look. I, I, I think the way to tackle that is by trying in other ways to assist small and medium enterprise. I mean, one of the things I've long campaigned for and believe we should bring in is things like uh, rates that are stepped 
<clears throat> I mean, I don't think it's fair that the very the small corner shop or the small business that may be struggling is paying the same rates as you know a bank, for example, in, in terms of this, their pro- the size of their property. So, I think we should we do need to support small and medium enterprise, but I don't think we should support it by continuing with low pay, for example, right? Because actually, if you pay low paid workers more, they will spend that money in the small and medium enterprises. Mm. And I think it's good for the economy, not bad. And as I said, I think there's no evidence if you look internationally at countries, by and large, that have more holidays than us, whether it's public or statutory holidays, (laughs) that that is detrimental to those economies or to the small and medium enterprises in them. In fact, you could argue in many cases they're they're in a better state or at least as good a state as us. So I don't really uh, buy that. And I, so I think we do deserve extra holidays because we have some of the lowest levels mm-hmm. of holidays uh, in Europe. And the other thing I would just say is, yeah, I do. I just think there needs to be a greater acknowledgement of the arts generally. Now, whether it's to get, make Bloomsday a public holiday or to just invest more in our artists and support our artists and musicians and writers uh, more than we currently do. I mean, we, the other interesting thing to note on Bloomsday is we spend a lower proportion of our GDP on the arts than almost any country in Europe, which is shocking when you consider how much the arts have contributed to this country. And how much money we have. We heard in the news headlines yeah. there. Uh, what a, a headache it's turning into government, uh, um, this 65 billion euro. My God, what will we spend it on is the challenge that they face. Uh, you'd pity them. Uh, John, uh, a final word to you. Well, look, I mean, I think we, we've just got to accept, I mean, whilst uh, Richard is saying, you know, all these other countries have got a lot more, a lot of them, their minimum wage is actually less than our current minimum wage. Uh, so, you know, there are mixed priorities in those countries, just as there are mixed priorities in our country. Uh, and we are a small, exposed country, ex- depending on exporting. So we've got to remain competitive. And if we keep piling on costs then all that's going to happen is that businesses are going to start. Okay. Well, uh, now, fine, but if Richard said government should be doing more, fine. Let government lead the way. Let government show the small businesses that they want to support them and give them opportunities. And if they do that, small businesses will respond. But at the moment, we're not. And a very simple example, sick pay, statutory sick pay. We're now paying for the first three days of sickness. Government never did that when they were paying social welfare. And our concerns are, is the government going to abdicate its responsibility now for the five days and the seven days and the 10 days and pass that cost to the employer like they did redundancy and they kept our contributions into the social fund for redundancy payments, but All we're right. now paying the well, full whack. Uh, lots of people so getting in touch has to lead. on, yeah. on 087-1400-106. I'm all for extra holidays, but the point should be made that some of those days that they have extra in Austria, when they fall on a weekend, they forego. Uh, so they lose some that way. Uh, points at one listener. I have to take their word for it. Somebody else says they want their public holiday in July or September. Plenty of votes actually coming in, it seems, for July. People like that they have one at the start of June. There's one at the start of August and there's many weeks in between uh, without it. Uh, Richard Boy Barrett, People for Profit TD. John Barry, member of the ISME National Council. Listen, gentlemen, thank you both very much for joining me. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy. With Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.